0: This show is a proud member of the 143 Podcast Network. Enjoy the show. Paul and Michael occasionally save the world. Paul and Michael occasionally save the world. Paul and Michael occasionally save the world. Occasionally.
1: All right, here we are back again for another conversation. This is, uh, this is our third episode of our podcast since we have uh, started releasing it on our own. And uh, so far, every single episode that we've done, Sparky, we have said, let's keep it kind of short tonight, because we've had one thing or another. Uh, the first night I think we said, let's keep it to 30 to 45 minutes, because I had to be up mm-hmm. early the next day. We went like an hour and a half. So the second one, we said, okay, we, an hour max. We went an hour and 45 minutes. Oh, yeah. So I know for some people, those may not seem like the longest podcast some people uh long would be four to six hours good lord i will never see that (laughs) uh but uh, for us going going that long is definitely longer especially uh because every time we've said like hey let's keep it a little shorter tonight so once again we're gonna aim to keep it shorter tonight keep it to under an hour uh we both have stuff to get to and i think we might be a little more successful with it tonight um so here we are back again
0: Sparky, how is your day going? Uh, it's good. Busy, busy, busy. Planning a garden, which is a lot of work. We decided to make a really, really big garden, and uh, you, you're you familiar with that kind of project, and it's a lot to it. Um, this is our third new like rebirth episode, but tonight's episode actually would be the 25th one we've released in total. I looked up and checked earlier, so we've kind of hit a quarter of a cent- century mark with that. So, some people thought we wouldn't make it past three, <laughs> so we've made it this far. We've made it to three twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, it's, uh, wow, we've done 25. It, uh, it seems like we've been doing it forever, and it seems like we've just started.
0: We've done it for, it's been we release so infrequently that it really spreads out. So I don't even remember when we first released the very first one. It's been a long time, but you, uh, you sent me a text this morning early. said, check out this song by a group called the Uncluded, And I did not recognize the name and I listened to the song. I loved it. And I was like, I know the lady that's singing on this. So tell me a, l- a little bit more about how you discovered them and, uh, what they've put out and why you like them so much. Yeah. So the uncluded,
1: uh, they only have one album out, but, uh, the uncluded is Ace Hop rock. Who's one of my favorite, uh, underground rappers. And I've been listening to him for over a decade. Uh, and I, he's for everybody that I've listened to since I was, you know, like just barely like 18, 19, 20 years old and starting to get into this music. Uh, basically he and Sage Francis are still producing on a regular basis, but Aesop rock has been producing more music. Sage Francis, however, has, uh, grown into not only may still making his own music, but he has his own record label. Mm-hmm. Um, so Aesop rock has, uh, he's just always been one of my favorite. He's very, uh, very linguistic, very, uh, he uses a lot of vocabulary in his lyrics and it's, it's done in a way where you have to kind of like stop and really think about what he's saying, but he's saying something really kind of simple often Mm -hmm. that can be done in fewer, simpler words, but he's doing it with more complicated words in a way that makes it, um, much more, it's more poetic, but the, the, the way he uses the words builds, um, like builds the art. You know, it's, uh, yeah. almost like a, like a, you know, one of those like photo mosaics where you take a ton of tiny pictures to make a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. You know, the, just all the way all these different words sound put together and then you mash them all in tight because you're using more words to, you know, to express a thought create, like, that's what really creates the art of his flow, basically. Right. So I've always loved Aesop Rock, and, uh, he's had his, his solo stuff. Uh, he's had another, um, another couple albums that he's done with a group called Hail Mary Malin. That's him and one other guy. I don't remember the other guy's name off the top of my head. I wasn't prepared for that. Uh, but I really enjoy what they do. And then this album came out, and I, of course, found out about it because it's Aesop Rock. Uh, but it's him with Kimia Dawson Mm -hmm. and she's a folk singer who, like you mentioned when I texted you, uh, to check the song out, her work was made famous, uh, most likely for most people through the movie Juno, right? Yes. So, uh, I, I didn't know her from that necessarily. Like I remember the music from Juno, but I, it's not like I pursued listening to it from that point, you know, um, wasn't really in my wheelhouse at that time. But so it was actually kind of funny that, that you pointed that out to me. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, like I, I really remember the music from Juno It was, uh, it was unique and it stuck out because it wasn't just folk music, but it's, uh, her music is, is sort of like if you mix folk music with like children's music.
0: Yeah. Very much so.
1: Yeah. It's some kind of different, you know, and it's, uh, it's very, very simplistic, but it expresses kind of bigger emotions, I think. Through its simplicity. So the, the album, uh, let me actually pull up the lyrics. I had intended to do this and then forgot.
0: The, what was the name of the song? The song you suggested was Organs. Organs. Yeah.
1: Okay. So let me pull up the lyrics real quick and get give an example of why I think this is special.
0: And I looked, while you're looking that up, I was checking it out. The album is also available on, is it Bandcamp? There's like a deluxe edition of it available.
1: Yeah, I had, uh, when it came out, I, I had bought the CD years ago. Um, but then now it's like I pretty much listen to music through Spotify and they have the album and they have a deluxe version of the album. So they've only done the one album, but, um, it's, it should be pretty available for people out there. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this is the song. It's called Organs. Um, and, I'll, uh, I'm going to read one of Kimia's verses and one of Aesop's verses. And one of the things that I love is just kind of the juxtaposition. And this is pretty much all done over folk music with probably a little bit of a, of a kind of like that hip hop beat to it. You know, so you you're, get the, the drum and bass a little bit in there.
0: You're not going to sing it for me.
1: I should. <laughs> no. Um, so here, here's Kimia's verse. Uh, Jen stood at the finish line and waited for Dylan to cross Then she rested her head on the young boy's chest that held the heart of the little girl she lost. Hmm. That's all. Just It's a quick four lines. But uh, it's easy to to hear those lines, especially in a song, and not really sink in what she's saying. This is somebody who is is waiting for a little boy to come out of surgery who's getting a a heart transplant and getting the heart of the, the daughter that she
0: lost. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's man. That is packed with emotion right there. Especially just a you know, few words.
0: It tells a complete. It captures a complete scene. Yeah,
1: yeah. So very simplistic. Four short lines, and you can, when as you think about it and process it, you're building up this bigger and bigger picture of what she just said. And then here's a uh, here's Aesop's verse. Uh, so you see the juxtaposition real quickly where. Kimia's doesn't, you know, it's, it's shorter. She's, she's, of course, she's singing it slower. The words aren't coming out as fast. Then you get Aesop's, which is at a much faster pace, a lot more words packed in. Um, outside of the influential arms of your idolatries, the object will be turning goodbyes into good biology. There will be a DOA who has some parts that seem okay, coinciding with someone you know that needs a piece replaced. And we will stand around the corpse, fishing in a well of ribs, treasure hunting just before they show you where the devil is. Nobody is judging you to vilify the guilty. I will cut and dry, be leaving with your kidney. Mm. So a lot more words, a lot quicker pace. So the juxtaposition is just great because you have this simple, slow, folky, and then you have Aesop's verbose, tightly packed lines. Um... And they, they complement each other really well. You know, Kimya is telling a very direct, simple story. Aesop is adding in all adding in all the details. And just once again, I just I love the the way he does uh you know, his lyricism is just so um so creative he's using words that aren't what you expect to hear and like a lot of times i'll listen to his music over and over and then out of the blue like i'll get a line that i just it never resonated with me what he said right and uh i'm just like totally hooked on that for for a while after that point
0: see kimia dawson is the voice that stood out to me initially and i knew i I was trying to place Aesop rock when i was listening to it but i was overwhelmed just by hearing her because of, you know, Juno, and I had like, been listening to her. I checked some of her stuff out over the years, and then I was surprised to see that she does do children's albums. Uh, and for Delilah, I was, I, I, actually, I think I started out just by playing some of the songs from Juno for her, because they are kind of, like you said, kind of in the vein of, like, they could be a kid song, but they're not. But she does, has recorded some kids albums and there's, and she's very funny. Uh, there's one called Alpha Butt that, uh, that we play for Lila over and she loves it. And it's, you know, it's not your normal nursery rhyme kind of stuff. Cause she kind of, she's a little bit edgier, a little bit crazier, but not anything bad, you know, but, uh, it's just fun stuff. And then I, I really loved the way how they did blend because they are. You know, he does hip-hop, and she's just, like you said, kind of a folksy, slowed down, not that much, um, not that many lyrics in a song. Um, but it really just blended really well, and I, I, I'm I, looking forward to tr- maybe checking out the rest of that, that album when I get a chance. So I can yeah. the heck out of
1: that. Yeah, that the, the whole album's definitely good. If you liked that song, you're going to like all of it. Um I, I enjoyed it. and something kind of uniquely different. Uh, I remember driving around, uh, listening to it in the car with my wife. Um, and it's, it's always a little hard for me to get my wife to listen to my music because some of it she'll like fine. And I mean, she's been to some of the, sh- the shows that I would go to in LA when we, uh, you know, still lived out there. So she's seen Sage Francis and she's seen Buck 65. Um, and she particularly likes Buck 65 and she likes Sage Francis fine. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so, like, anytime I find something that we can share. I mean, it's like we talked about before, uh you know, before we relaunched, we talked about Macklemore. Mm-hmm. And Macklemore is, like, much too mainstream for my typical taste. But she just loved, like, something resonated with her with Macklemore. She was just enjoying it a lot. So, I was like, hey, man, this is awesome that I can, you know, get my wife to listen to rap. And, you know, my son loves a lot of it. We talked about all that. So, um, Yeah, it's like, you know, you don't miss those opportunities, especially, you know, we've been married. We're actually about to hit our 11 year anniversary. You know, we have a six year old son, you know, this deep into a relationship, like anything like that is just a gift. It's so win win. yeah. You now, speaking of a gift, uh, here's a little gift from my wife that has, uh, been a wonderful thing for me. Uh, so I have a lot of, dietary restrictions and things that I'm figuring out. It started with figuring out that I couldn't have gluten. Uh, but then since then, I figured out I can't have um, spices, like any kind of red pepper type of spice. I can't have garlic. I can't have onions. So that's like, it gets to be super limitate, uh, limiting. Like not only can I not have easy foods, but there are a lot of foods that I really enjoyed that I just, I can't have. Uh, they make me, you know, well sicker than it's worth uh, being just to enjoy something. And then, uh, one day, come home, and she had figured out how to make, uh, egg drop soup for herself. And, but she said I couldn't have the one that she made. There was something in it I didn't even bother asking, cause I just assume. Like, Chinese food, almost all of it is just, you can't, I can't have it. Because of, uh, it's so sauce based and the stuff that's in the sauce. So I just, you yeah, know, I didn't even think twice about it. And, but then like the next day she tells me that she, she knew how to make it to where I could have it. And it's super simple. We, we used to love egg drop soup. We would get these packets of, uh, of mix for making it where you would just basically it'd be hot water in the packet then you would add the eggs into it. But the problem with those is they, uh, were rocking with MSG. So we realized that we would both feel really awful, you know, even back then, uh, for me, but, um, we'd both feel awful after having it because MSG is awful. Uh, so we, like, didn't really have it for a long time. Then she found this recipe and it's super simple. It's basically, it's just, uh, broth. So the only difference, and this is what's kind of funny, is like, the reason I can't have hers is she uses, um, a vegetable broth. So it has garlic and onion, so I can't have it. But for me, she just uses a chicken broth. She just, she doesn't prefer chicken, you know? So, it's just a chicken broth, and then it's, uh, cornstarch that you, you, uh, you know, dissolve up in some water, and a little bit of, um, oh shoot, what is it called? Uh, a little bit of sesame oil, some salt and pepper. Basically, you have the broth, you add a little sesame oil, some salt and pepper, you bring it to a boil, you add the, the cornstarch that you have dissolved into water, you add that in, stir it in well, and you let it start to just barely thicken. Um, and then you, uh, you add the egg, which you just, you know, you take the eggs, you scramble them up, and you just kind of drop them in little by little. The bigger drop you put in, the more of a like solid piece of egg you'll have. Yeah. Um, and if you like, pour it and stir real quick as you're pouring it, then it's thinner and wispier. Right. Uh, and then uh, some chopped up scallions uh, or green onions, which I can have. I just can't have, like, the the root of the onion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you throw that in. So, for me, it's like, it, it, this is easy to make. It's cheap. It's pretty healthy. Uh, and it's nice to have, like, having a nice, you know, hot soup, a lot of time, there are a lot of times where having that is is really pleasant you know like yeah. you don't feel good or it's cold out or whatever but for me this is something that uh is in this big body of food that's been taken away from me that i just can never have i just wrote it off and i can have this it's easy it's not expensive and it tastes good that's yeah. that, that can be pretty hard to find so that is a. One of the the great gifts that my wife brings me is figuring these things out that uh, that I can have that are you know bring that a little bit of joy, in a dietary way.
0: That's pretty awesome. You made me want to try that now. So you yeah, the egg drop soup, and you can't have the uh, the what's it called, the hot and sour soup, which is another one of my favorites. I love all kinds of Asian food. I could Thai food's my favorite. Chinese food. And not necessarily the food that you get, like when you go to a buffet or something like that, just, just all, all of it, uh, especially like the healthier versions that are, uh, you ne- wouldn't necessarily see, like if you went to a, a Chinese buffet, but yeah, that we're going to try that out. Um, that's just good stuff.
1: Yeah. Now, it's super easy. So for everybody, like literally it's just the things that I said. So you take a carton of broth and you, you pour it in a pot. You start to bring it to a simmer. Salt and pepper to taste. And then, uh, if you get a box of, uh, sesame oil, uh, you just, like, it comes out real slow. Like, that's how the sesame oil bottles are. So, like, if you shake it in, like, it's literally just a couple drops that come out. Yeah. So you just kind of vigorously shake it in, like, 10 to 20 times.
0: Yeah. Um, that, that's sesame that oil. In. I cooked something with sesame oil recently and it packs a lot of flavor. So it's good that it comes out slow.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's pretty rich. Um, and then while you have that going, then you get, uh, half a cup of, of water and, uh, you want it to be like room temperature. At least you don't want it to be cold. Cause then you're going to add, uh, the, uh, the cornstarch in and that's the only measurement that I don't have off the top of my head, but I want to say it's half a tablespoon of cornstarch okay, and then so you just stir that up yeah, and cornstarch is kind of weird. My wife actually pointed this out to me, but you put it in and it just like immediately clumps on the bottom. But you don't worry about it too much. You just slowly stir and kind of try to dig up the clump and before you know it it's completely dissolved. Okay. Like you think it's going to be like oh man, this is going to be paying the button and just suddenly it's completely dissolved. So you you get that all stirred in, then you add that in, stirred up, and it starts to get that like little bit of thickness like you expect the consistency of the soup. And then you have your eggs whipped up, so th- you know three large eggs, and you just start dropping it in. Nice. So it really is super easy and then just once you add that in and let it cook uh, you know, add a little bit of egg, let it kind of cook for a second. So it solidifies the next little bit of egg. And then, uh, once that's in, you throw in the, the green onions that you have chopped up, let it cook just for a second. Then you're done. That sounds really good. So everybody enjoy You got a super recipe out of this. That episode. might be on
0: my menu next couple of days. That sounds really good.
1: Yeah. I'll be eating it for a few days. That's for sure.
0: See, I've been obsessed with the ghost pepper, which would kill you. <laughs> so much so that i actually when i we when i was gathering things up to plant in our garden i actually bought a ghost paper plant and it's probably gonna send me to the hospital <laughs> <My> i <wife> said <laughs> my wife warned me today says be careful with that because i mean even on the on the the tag uh when when the instructions it says you're supposed to wear gloves even when planting it i didn't it didn't bother me but some potent stuff. Yeah, that's spicy. I'm sorry you can't enjoy that, but it might be good because you might go down the road I am right now because it it tastes so good until it just starts killing me. I was talking to Dave the other day about it. Like, we're going to do a ghost pepper salsa challenge and uh, to see who can go the longest before we break out in tears and sweat (laughs) and just can't do it. Um, It's uh, uh, yeah, yeah, but it's probably better. It's probably a lot better for you that you can't eat that kind of thing because it, it gets pretty rough. Yeah. I
1: miss the spice. Um, at least I can still have wasabi, uh, because it's, oh, really? it's yeah, it's not that it's the, like the, the heat of the spice that that's bothersome to me. I'm allergic to red pepper. I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. allergic to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not, I'm not allergic to wasabi. It's not, it's not the same plant. Uh, so that's nice cause I can still have that. So when we go to sushi, uh, you know, I, I get my spiciness there, but I have tried different stuff. Like I've tried using horseradish and I never feel quite right after using horseradish wasabi. I seem okay with, but you always, you know, have wasabi in small doses be like any kind of red pepper. Doesn't matter how little it is. I just, I can't,
0: it just destroys I, you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I know right away too, if something has it, cause it just, uh, now that I have it out of my system, like it they like even just the, like garlic if there's more than just a very 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 slight amount of garlic in something it's like it's burning in my mouth because it's just it's out of my system and my body doesn't
0: want anything to do with it it's just too much yeah. but you know you've 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 learned to deal with it you're learning to deal with it or trying to because i've seen some of the things you you've been posting that you made uh, you did something recently and then a couple of weeks ago you did a you, a pizza that you would made a gluten-free crust pizza that looked really, like, just, like, really good.
1: Yeah, and the key with that is, like, gluten-free pizza, that's not so hard to do anymore. You can get frozen gluten-free pizzas. You can, most pizza places have gluten-free. Now, most gluten-free crusts taste awful. Like, so that that's the hard part. You can, if you get gluten-free pizza with awful crust, but you have enough good toppings on it, you just don't notice as much. But if you go, like, say to Domino's and get a gluten-free pizza, but then the toppings also taste like garbage because it's Domino's, it's just gonna taste like, you know, garbage on top of garbage. Um, but out here, there's a restaurant called Portland Pie, and they, ha- they make their own dough, but you could buy it in grocery stores. Uh, and they have a gluten-free dough that's available, so that was kind of a game changer for me. And it tastes, uh, it- it's very good. Um, it's the best gluten-free pizza dough I've ever had or gluten-free pizza crust I've ever had. So I start with that, but I can't have pizza sauce because of the seasoning in it. So to replace that, I slice up tomatoes and spread tomatoes on it. Uh, and then I, you know, use some cheese. I don't go super heavy with the cheese, uh, because surprise, surprise, dairy is also an issue for me. Um, but the first time I did it, I chopped up. Well, I had some chicken we'd already cooked for something else, and I used some of that. And it just like it just wasn't right. Like it didn't, it was a uh, detracting from the overall enjoyment. So I said, you know, what? I'm gonna try it with spinach instead. And so the first time I kind of like you know lightly spread spinach leaves on it, and it was good. But then the next time I threw a crap load of spinach on there. I mean, this yeah. was like mounded up like a salad. On top of a piece of crust. But it's spinach, so it all cooks down, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it cooked right down. And, oh, man, the more spinach, the better. It was fantastic. So the last one I made, I used up the rest of the spinach that I had, which was probably like two salads worth of spinach. Just a mm-hmm. ton of spinach. So I had the the tomato, the spinach, sprinkled some cheese on it, did some Parmesan on it. Uh, and a little salt and pepper. Cause I find that if you have a, a little salt and pepper on the surface, when you're cooking something gluten-free, it gives just that little bit of outward kick of flavor mm-hmm. that helps it accentuate everything else. That if makes- you bury it in by cooking with it, it just mixes in and, and you lose it. You have to have that, like that outward where it's like, it's what's hitting your tongue first. And then it right. pops the flavor of everything else a lot. Uh, but yeah, that like, man, that was real good. Um, and still, like, it's, it, all these food allergy things are weird. So, like, I, I found I can have tomatoes in moderation, but too many tomatoes, I won't feel real great. But tomato sauce, it'll wreck me because it has red pepper in it. Yeah, yeah. So, it's all, it's all balanced and figuring out what works and what doesn't and kind of in what proportions, too. So,
0: have you tried I, kale?
1: Uh, yes, it is like spinach that is more difficult to eat.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, kale uh, kale, uh and chard uh are popular around here. My wife's favorite is chard, and she likes to grow lots of it and then make me eat immensely more of it than cheese.
0: Yeah, I haven't <laughs> had any experience with chard that much, but kale I have. And it is, yeah, I know what you're saying. I think I like the flavor of it better, though, than I do spinach.
1: I like the flavor of spinach. It has a, a I don't know, it's rich. But I, I grew up, one of the reasons I like spinach is... Uh, My grandma, my dad's mom, who, uh, she passed away a number of years ago when I used to go stay at her house, you know, as a kid, one of the things that we would do almost all the time, like whatever we were having for dinner is we would, uh, have spinach. She would cook up some spinach and, uh, put butter and salt and pepper on it. And so, I mean, I just grew up loving spinach and also has that little touch of, uh, of that special vibe, having it that way and remembering having it with my grandma um yeah, so I've always liked spinach. Um if you haven't tried chard, try chard out. Yeah. I I I'll think put
0: that on the list.
1: Yeah, kale's fine. I think chard has a little uh little better flavor than kale and a little less um uh, roughage.
0: Yeah, I grew up not eating any of that kind of stuff, but I mean one of the three of the main things we're growing are uh we're growing uh spinach, we're growing kale, and we're growing collard greens. So it's uh gonna incorporate a lot more green into my diet soon. Yeah, that's kind of why uh, we do it
1: too, and that's why she crams it down my throat. She doesn't want it to go bad, but she also doesn't want to have to eat large volumes of it. So when it's like starting to go, she's like, "Guess what? You're eating." Yep, constantly, you <laughs> she'll cook it for me, and then like she won't even eat it for dinner. But I'm eating it. I'm like, "What? What the hell's going on here?" She's <laughs> like, "Oh, well, it's gonna gotta, go bad." Well, why aren't you eating it too? I don't want to. <laughs> you
0: gotta, you gotta, you gotta don't let it waste. Exactly. That's you life. uh, you went to see a movie today. I did go see
1: a movie today. This is an interesting episode because I'm the one who's uh, talking about everything, and then you're taking tangents off of stuff. But that works out. Um, once again, my wife. So this is all kind of so far connecting a great deal with my wife, which you know makes sense. She's a big part of my life. But uh, of course, Captain Marvel is is out. This is old news for most people, but for me. I, I know you're the same way. We don't get to go see movies in the theater very often. And I wanted to see Captain Marvel. Um, I don't, I don't bother trying to go see every Marvel movie that comes out, even though I know eventually I'll watch them. Like, I enjoy the Marvel movies. Uh, but for the most part, it's like I'm perfectly happy getting them at Redbox, you know, and spending a couple of bucks on them, watching them at home. It's hard to find the time to go to the theater, let alone the fact that it's more expensive. But Captain Marvel, I just really, had a feeling that I wanted to see it in the theater. Yeah. You know, obviously there was hubbub around it. Uh, plenty of people wanting to be butthurt because it's a movie about a girl rather than about a boy uh, in the superhero world. Uh, you know, so, I mean, a lot of people try and pick it apart for that. So I have my natural inclination to be like, these people are stupid, so now I want to go see it more. Um, so there's a little bit of that. But then also, like, uh, looking at the DC movies in, I don't know, the modern... DC movie universe, I guess you would say, which Mm -hmm. when when would that even start? Like with, um, the, the Superman movie, right? I guess that would be the first one. Everything before that, like doesn't, what isn't in this continuity or whatever you want to say. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. My favorite movie out of all those DC movies has been Wonder Woman. I went and saw that with, uh, with my cousin, Mike. And, uh, I have to rewatch Justice League. I watched it once. I did enjoy it though. But like the only other one that like I really like I've really enjoyed has been Wonder Woman. Like that wasn't just like, oh yeah, you know, it was good. That's how I felt about a lot of I was like, yeah, you know, that was good. And then, you know, Batman versus Superman. I was more like, what the hell was that? I don't know. Um, but Wonder Woman I really liked. And I just had a feeling with this one. There were just so many things about it that I'm looking at this and I'm like, I, I think that there's going to be a lot of reasons I like this movie. Uh, the new Avengers movie is coming out before long. It's kind of crazy how quick these movies are coming out. After you know, growing up with superhero movies being super sparse, uh, and I'm going to see the new Avengers movie with my cousin Mike and and some other of his friends. Uh, before tickets were on sale, he told me that they were going. I was like, hey, you know, I'll go too. So he when tickets were on sale, he bought tickets for everybody. So I know that seeing Captain Marvel isn't going to make or break my experience with that because it's not uh, like the the step before it in the story. Yeah, it's kind of but, an
0: introductory. Of yeah, the character it, it, for people. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, and it actually it builds some of the backstory with some of the other characters, which is pretty cool. Um, I, I just like I really wanted to see it before then. So yesterday I'd been thinking I'm I'm off today and I'm off tomorrow from work. And I'm not usually off two weekdays in a row. And I had been thinking, like, maybe I'll go see it when I'm off those two days. Because, you know, it's easier to excuse taking some time for yourself when you have a couple days off in a row. But yesterday I came home and I asked my wife, I was like, hey, do you want to go see this tomorrow? She's like, yeah, you know. she's She's not interested in seeing a ton of movies. Like, for her, she's very much like if she is going to see a movie, she wants to really want to see it. So I wasn't sure if she would want to or not be too interested in it, but she said, yeah, so let's do that. So um, I shared this with you before uh, we started recording, but we had kind of a rough night's sleep last night. Uh, so this morning when we got up, got my son off to school, I said, you know, we could either go see it today or we could go see it tomorrow if we just feel like we need to stay home and take a nap today. Um like an hour passes and then she comes and says, yeah, I want to go see it today. So we decided to go see it. Um, and I, I loved the movie. I absolutely loved it. Um, I was tweeting with somebody. They asked what I thought of it. Um, uh, Ed Moore's matter of fact. Uh, and I told him like, I liked it a lot, but I told him there's kind of three categories movies fall into for me. They either aren't worth my time. Uh, and usually if I even think it's not going to be worth my time, I'm not going to take the time to watch it because I know I don't get a ton of opportunities. Um, yeah. so not many that I w- actually watch fall into that cause I know what's more likely to not. Then there's the movies that are, they're good, but there's parts that are, you really got to kind of push through. Um, a good example would be almost every first Spider-Man movie in a new relaunch because it retells the same origin story and takes forever to do it. And mm. I'm so tired of watching it. doesn't matter how well it's done or not. I've seen that story too many times. I actually think that the, the newest version of Spider-Man was great because it didn't do that. Like it portrayed the origin, but didn't have to, you know, beat you over the head with the same damn story again. Um, and then there's the, the third uh, category of movies, which are movies that from start to finish, I enjoy the whole time. At no point am I like, oh man, when is this scene going to move on? You know, that's how Captain Marvel was for me. Other things that, uh, that just personally resonated with me. One, it partially takes place in Rosemont, California. That's where I grew up. Oh, really? Yeah. And like I could tell you they filmed in the Antelope Valley. I uh, Rosemont is right by Edwards Air Force Base. Uh So that's pretty much the reason that, that they were out in that area, even though they they never called it Edwards Air Force Base. But um, it was for, you know, some stuff pertaining to the story that that would make sense for. Uh, but yeah, them going around the desert like, yeah, that's the desert I grew up in. And you know what? Not every desert is like that because there's Joshua trees there and Joshua trees only grow in like two places in the world. And that's one of them. Um, so that was really cool for me. Like, I was pretty psyched when, uh, she goes driving into Rosemont. I'm like, yep, that's Rosemont. I know that. I know that place. Um, so that was pretty cool for me. Like, just on a, that has nothing to do with the story, but like, that was real cool for me. Uh, but yeah, I just like, I loved the movie. Uh, it was really well done. It was one where I'm not well versed in it. Like, I know who Captain Marvel is, and I've read a little bit of Captain Marvel stuff. Yeah, I've read her in The Uncanny X Men, uh, because those stories cross paths. Um But like I I haven't read a ton. I've read a little bit of Kree's uh scroll stuff, um which was you know is a big part of the movie, and but it's been a while since I've read that, and it's not like I'm super well versed in the you know the Marvel cosmic universe. Um, so to go into this really like only vaguely knowing about stuff, when it first started, it was like really, you know, movies are typically like this where you're, you're thrust into the story and you don't really know where you are, but they show you where they are, you are as you go. So like at first it's like, I don't really know what's going on, but whatever, I'm just going to roll with it it didn't take long before she ended up on earth. And then like your comfort level became great because you're like, yep, this is earth. Now, now I know where we are. Um, but yeah, like I just, uh, to, for it to be a movie where it's not like Avengers where I know half a dozen or more characters, uh, and it's really easy to know who they are and what's going on and to have like the excitement like oh there's Hulk smashing somebody that's what i came to see um not to know what to expect like i loved this movie and it was it was great and it um it was great to like be able to be in in that environment and not feel like i wasn't enjoying it because of it you know because i didn't know the stuff i also loved it because um, obviously, this is the first superhero movie in the Marvel universe that, uh, has a female protagonist. Captain Marvel is it. She's, she's the main character. Um, and that's, that's a pretty big deal. And obviously, like I had mentioned, plenty of people were upset about that just because they don't want, you know, for the stupidest reasons possible, they don't want that.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I can't understand that at all. Yeah. I, I just shake my head and just turn the page or, Deleted. And they, yeah, quite a few
1: times through the movie, they had scenes that I really liked how they did it. Like, when she's on Earth, um, eventually, uh, you know, Samuel L. Jackson is Nick Fury and, uh, and Agent Colson, like, they show up and, you know, this is taking place in 95, so it's taking place in the past. And they show up, and they're kind of like, you know, what's going on? And they just think she's nuts. Um, but the way they're talking to her is, uh, is talking down to her. And in this scene, it's not just because she's a girl. It's because, um, they think she's nuts. So they're not taking anything. She, she says as being meaningful, but she just gives it right back to them so much. And they, they just still are like, you know, like kind of laughing her off and getting ready to arrest her. And then, um, a scroll shoots at them And she shoots back and then takes off. And then they realize that they don't know what the heck is going on because this is out of their scope because they'd never experienced this before. So, like, that was one example. There's a point where she's looking at a map and a guy rolls up on a motorcycle and is, you know, flirting with her like, a you know, any dirtbag would. And he does the, come on, give me a smile. And she just ignores him. And then as soon as he goes inside the, the, you know, the place they were at, she steals his motorcycle to go to get to where she needs to go. But, uh, th- there were, there were moments like that that I just thought it was great. It was well done. It wasn't like heavy handed or anything, but like kind of reminded you that like, yeah, people do this. Like people are condescending and, and, uh, you know, act superior and stuff like that. And the way they handled it, I just thought was great. At the end of the movie, um, there's a scene where there's something like that, and this guy's just building it up. It reminded me of the uh, the first Avengers movie, when Lo- Loki's face-to-face with the Hulk, and he's just yelling, like, you know, I'm a god, and blah, 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 and he's just, you know, ranting and raving because he's superior, and then the Hulk just grabs him by the leg and thwomps him back and forth <laughs> like a
0: ragdoll. Yeah, yeah. It
1: was like that version of that scene for this movie, where it just th- this... You know, jerk is blustering because, you know, he's so much more important type of a deal and then just gets, you know, smacked right in the face and shut up. So, um, yeah, I I absolutely loved it. My wife enjoyed it. Um, And I was I was going to tweet about it earlier. I was going to say this is the first superhero movie that she has seen since the second Iron Man movie. Mm -hmm. And then I realized we actually went to see Into the Spider-Verse on Christmas Day. So that's a superhero movie. That's a little different. She chose that one because we were going with my son and she wanted something that he would like. She ended up loving Into the Spider-Verse. Um, but as an adult going to see it for themselves, not to take their kid, the last superhero movie she's gone to the theater to see was Iron Man 2. And that's because we went with a friend of ours who was joining the army and was going to be leaving. And she enjoyed that one, too, uh, by the way. But uh yeah, so it, it was a great experience. I loved the movie. Um, I really got to think about it, but it could possibly be my favorite Marvel Universe superhero movie. Really? Yeah, I like I said I got to think about it. Uh The First Avengers might still be my favorite. Um And I know, you like know, I think the uh uh The Second Captain America movie is typically regarded as the the highest quality movie that's been made out of all of them, but I don't know about that. Um, it, it might be the highest quality, but that doesn't mean I enjoy it more than other ones. Like I said, I typically like, I look at movies like kind of in those three categories, like either I don't want to watch it, which none of them would fall into that. Or I enjoyed it, but there were, there were parts that dragged a little bit, which, you know, is good, but like, I may not, you know, be apt to just rewatch it real easily. Or I enjoyed it start to finish. I know like the first Avengers movie. I enjoyed that movie start to finish. I enjoyed this start to finish. Never one moment was I not enjoying watching this movie. Yeah,
0: we're definitely, that's one, I probably won't see it in theater, but it's one I probably can't get my wife and daughter Anderson to watch, because we're kind of behind on some of the, we're we're not up to date on all the different releases, I mean, I haven't seen Aquaman yet, I haven't seen the, haven't seen any of the Avengers movies yet, I, I'm kind of caught up right to that, and I'm, so I'm really far you, behind, I, I, we did watch Black Panther, no, have not. Like, going back to the first one years ago? Oh well, I did see that one. i take okay, that. Okay, I was gonna say that one was that quite one a while ago.
1: Yeah, the uh the second one is what, like Age of Ultron,
0: right? Yeah, I haven't seen that. Yeah.
1: And then Civil War was actually tagged under Captain America, but that was basically should have been Avengers, I guess. I don't know, but um Yeah, the the last so Age of Ultron, like I mean, whatever. It's a it's a movie, you know, one of the movies, so it's worth worth seeing at least to some extent. Um but like this it seems like right now we're in this period where we have this like very, the story that is bigger than one movie, but coming yeah. at us real quick with, you know, we had the Avengers Infinity War. That was huge. Mm-hmm. And going into its follow up and then all the movies that kind of around it are, they, they don't tie directly into the story. Like there, it's not like uh, getting a comic crossover where if you don't buy every issue, you are missing gaps. Mm-hmm. It's more like, you know, the kind of comic crossover where you get the the event, but then there are these other stories that go along with it. But yeah. um Yeah. Yeah, like the you know, this one the nice thing is that it's it's not relying on the other things you've seen around it. Uh the Avengers ones, um one thing that's nice is the Infinity War, it's on Netflix. Um, so you can just watch it that way. Um and uh, the next one I I believe we're finally at the point now where no more of the Marvel movies as they come out are going to be on Netflix because Disney they like, that's the line where Disney's now like getting ready to launch their own thing. Um, but yeah, so check out it, you know, check out infinity war that way. And then, you know, you can watch uh, the next one. You know, like I would do when it comes out, red box or whatever, but um, yeah, Captain Marvel, just like it's it. I, I thought it was great. I mean, what what other ones have come out? Black Panther you mentioned. Black Panther was real good.
0: Uh, um, the Guardian of the Galaxy movies were well wh- one was before the uh Black Panther, but that's pretty much all I've I've seen. Yeah. Uh Doctor Strange, I thought I thought I Doctor Strange watch was just okay.
1: That was probably one of the weaker yeah. ones for me. It was um, okay. Yeah, you know they I mean at the very least to me they're all watchable. Um and some are better than others. But yeah, I really enjoyed this one. Like this one, I'm already like, I kind of want to buy this on Blu-ray, like right when it comes out. Yeah. Even I just, it's like, I know I'm not going to watch it a ton or anything, but like, there's a lot of things I liked about this movie.
0: It's funny. This is coming out or is out and it's either out or is coming out is the DC Captain Marvel. This is how I, when I was a little kid, that's how old I am. Uh, I knew him as Captain Marvel and Shazam. Uh, coming out and I really want to see that one because I know I can get my wife and uh, daughter to watch. I uh, want to see, uh, Captain Marvel and I, something about the trailers for it just cracked me up. I just love the way, uh, the, the humor that's going to be in this, in that movie. I want to see that. And, uh, so those are, those are two that I definitely have on my, uh, definitely going to watch. Maybe not in the theater, but definitely, uh, as soon as they're available to watch, renting it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I need a second opinion from somebody on on Shazam, because I know somebody that has a kid, saw it, loved it, but said, like, maybe not the best kid movie. Oh, okay. But I also, their criteria, you know, kids are all different. Like, what may have made it not a great kid movie for him might have been that his kids were able to understand certain concepts in it that Mm -hmm. were troublesome, whereas, you know, like, my son may just, they may go right over his head, you know? Right. Right. So I don't know. I want to hear what other people think. Is that one like I'm hearing good things like I'm hearing people say, go see it. Um But like if I want if I want to if I want to see it, I would probably want to take my son to see it. So I'm kind of wondering really where it falls with that. But um yeah, I'll check into that for me, though. uh I'm definitely like I'm realizing this now. Like I tried to stay more, you know, oh, both are good. I'm a Marvel guy. Yeah, I like yeah. DC, okay, but I'm definitely a Marvel guy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. The, well, there's like a I, movie.
0: There's a movie coming out that my wife told me we're definitely going to see um, in the theater. She, I showed her the trailer this morning. It's kind of been buzzing around. Is that a the? I guess it's a teaser trailer for Joker came out. The Joker came out with Joaquin Phoenix. I, I watched it. I showed it to her, and she's like. I want to see this. So, I mean, if she sees something like that and says, I want to see it, then I'm definitely ready for that. I don't, have you got the chance to check that out?
1: No, I've seen people talking about it a little bit today, but, um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not much of a trailer guy. Yeah. I don't go running to see the trailer. So, I'm probably just gonna, it'll come across my eyes when it does. And by Uh. then, hopefully, all the, uh, the fervor will die down. Because I don't spend very much time on social media, but I saw quite a few people, and you know, some people like, "Oh, this looks great! I can't wait to see it." But so many people were just like, "We don't need a Joker movie. If you don't need a Joker movie, don't watch it." Then I mean, (laughs) shit, I don't care. I don't care about all that noise.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You're true. It's true. You can't really tell a lot about a trailer because one, either a trailer tells the entire movie, and the trailer, and it's like, why go see this? Or two, it kind of. Can be really misleading. I mean, I've seen trailers. I can't, I can't name a one, but I've, I've had this experience where you see the trailer and then you go see the movie. It's like well, that's not what I was ready for.
1: Yeah, it's like but, uh, when you buy an one, album and realize that the band is a one hit wonder and their one single that was popular doesn't sound like anything else. Right.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. But that's a. Uh, it's like you said earlier. If, like if you can get your wife to listen to some hip hop or rap, it's a win. And my wife definitely wants to see this, so it's a win for for me. And plus, you know. I like Walking Phoenix anyhow, so. I, I do too. Um, I, I, I'll have to check it. I'll wait till like, so I will just wait
1: till it naturally comes across my eyes because then mm-hmm. I'm not getting caught up in the, you know, hoopla, but, um, hoopla, yeah. so uh, a little tangent story that relates, uh, cause it is about Captain Marvel and my wife. Um, so they had a, a Captain Marvel mini series come out. I think it was the life of Captain Marvel. So it was telling her, you know, her history or whatever. Mm. And, it was pushed by my LCS because it takes place a good deal in Maine. And uh, so I started picking it up. And I got the first issue, didn't read it. Got the second issue, didn't read it. I told my wife about it. I know how she is. She'd rather just read the whole story. So I was getting it. And yeah, I put the digital code on Comixology. Um, but I built up the five issues. And then I once I had all five, I gave them to my wife to read. Um, I didn't even realize she read them. Because I gave them to her, she didn't say anything about it, and they're just like kicking around. So I grabbed them and threw them back in my office. And then I was like, hey, you should read these. She's like, oh, I already did. So I, I still haven't read them yet. I, I, uh, need to read them. But, uh, she, so I, she said she read them. So I asked her what she thought. She said, well, I almost stopped reading it right away because apparently in the first issue, there's a part where, uh, somebody is stealing a lobster from a lobster trap. And, She's like, that wouldn't happen. Like, somebody would be shooting them at that point. Like, you don't <laughs> do that. So that was enough to to almost take her out of it and just ruin it for her. She, yeah. you know, she almost didn't want to read. And so she told me this and she told me um uh, she had a teacher, I forget if it was in high school or college, that was on a on a beach looking for uh for something that he uh you know wanted to, to photograph or whatnot. Not lobsters, you know something that is totally fine for him to look for, but it was close to somebody's lobster trap. So he comes up out of the water with a shotgun in his face, and the guy's like, "What? Mm-hmm. What are you? What are you doing here?" And he's like, I, "I was diving for whatever it was that he was looking for," and uh, he showed the guy, and then the guy's like, "Oh, okay, you know, go ahead." But that's how serious it is. Cause that's people's livelihoods. Mm-hmm. So I go into my comic shop after my wife tells me this. And I tell Zach my LCS, i s I'm like, oh yeah, my my wife read those um so you know he you know what'd she think and i I told him that, and he just kind of like you know wh- whatever like that's that's not really a big deal. There's one other guy in the shop, and he goes, hey eh, you uh you might want to hope you don't have any lobsterman customers around when you <laughs> say that so this dude was a lobsterman and was right there just coincidentally when uh when I went in and brought this up and then Zach was like, ah, that's not a big deal. And he's like, no, like you're basically as a lobsterman, you're, you're throwing your, fo- your, your money, like you're throwing all your money on the bottom of the ocean floor and yeah. hoping it's still there. So yeah, it's a, it's a real big deal, but that's just cracked me up. Like not only, you know, my wife's story about her teacher and her reaction to the comic, but then just the coincidence, like going in telling this uh, to my LCS and then like having him like, Brush it off but have a
0: lobsterman right there to be like, "Yep, that's right." Yeah, yeah, that's funny. I say that's something I would never know, but that that kind of opens my eyes to another part of the, the way things are in another part of the world. I've got one more thing, and I'm going to try to hold us to a to a shorter episode because I'm going to have to start wrapping it up here pretty soon. But I, I started to bring up the comic Little Bird. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, one or two episodes ago, I don't remember which, and didn't do it. Instead, I talked about uh, Comic Eric uh, by Roy Thomas from DC in the early 80s, which I'm still looking. I'm I'm on the hunt. I mean, I could go online and order, but I'm actually trying to hunt it down in shops and try to find good deals and stuff on that to try to read more of it just for the fun of it. Um, This this book is... It came to my attention when Jeff Lemire tweeted that he had read it and he was like really floored by it and loved it and one of the reasons i'm pretty sure he loved it is because it's Can canadians it's about it's set in canada and canadians are the heroes which makes a lot of sense because he's from canada and you know i'm always proud of his heritage um it's written by a guy named darcy van and this is a hard name Polgeest, polgeist p-o-e-l-g-e-s-t um who used to all i know about this person is that he, has made movies that I haven't seen any of them and that he lives in Canada and he likes to walk wherever he goes as much as possible that's all I know about this person other people might know a lot more Uh, apparently he's transitioning from film to doing some comic book work the art is by Ian Bertram who's also I believe a Canadian it's fine to good for me it fits the story, does a really good job the thing I love about it And the colors are by Matt Hollingsworth, which I know you appreciate his stuff. And it's a crazy book. It starts out. I'm not going to tell a lot about it. I'm I'm just going to set it up where it starts out to where it could be set a thousand years ago. But really what happens is it's set in the future. And basically the United States has been taken over the leadership of it's been taken over by this uh, religious group, um, I just say a far right Christian religious group where it's a it, the religion is it's almost like a theocracy where they have control over everything and they're set on taking over the world and Canada is under siege and these Canadians little bird is the daughter of this holdout group that is trying to uh, fight back and it starts out where they're about to be attacked and the mother says to little bird no matter what happens I will survive. But here's your mission after this. Even if I'm not around, I will find you eventually, but you need to go find this guy. And I don't want to spoil what turns out to be a pretty interesting reveal, but basically, uh, I'm blanking on who he is, but he's the axe or the uh, battle axe or something like that. He's this Canadian hero. At first I thought it was like a hockey player because there's a post that shows him as a poster on the wall when the mother's talking to him, or to her, the daughter, little bird. And basically it's, it's her journey to try to go rescue him from this, uh, science, uh, compound that has a bunch of people, uh, under study and restrained. And he's one of them. And, uh, it's a lot of crazy and, uh, Basically, the, the tagline for the book is save the axe, save Canada, save the world. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's an interesting, it's one I'm not going to pick it up. It came out in the middle of last month. I'm going to hold off and wait probably for the trade on a deal on the trade or something like that. Cause I definitely want to see where the story going or for maybe a sale, but, uh, it's a definitely something to keep an eye on uh, if nothing else, it's Matt Hollingsworth and everything I've ever read with him doing the colors is something to it. At least his work is worth checking out.
1: Yeah. I found I typically prefer getting uh image stuff by the trades. That way you have that, at least that whole chunk of story all at once. Uh, There's too many times that I'll, I'll get it differently and then lose track of the story. Basically. Um, yeah, I mean, this one looks interesting, so I'll check it out when it comes to trade also. Um, kind of on your point, too, of, like, thinking about how you're going to pick that up, I was thinking about that, um, and I've been thinking a lot about, like, what comics I get from my LCS, because I, I don't get very many. I'm I'm kind of paring it down right now, because I'm thinking about, like, how do I enjoy this the most, um, and especially with adding in, reading a lot more literature now, um, you know, I'm... I have less comic time, but I'm enjoying it immensely more. Uh, so I've cut my, my pull list at the comic shop down. I'm getting Scooby-Doo team up for my son. Uh, so he gets that once a month. I'm getting Uncanny X-Men um, because I love the X-Men. And the, ever since they got past that 10-issue weekly bunch of crap that they did, uh, it's been real good, too. You're, you're really? going to get it uh, in this uh, box of comics I'm sending you. So you'll be able to check Sweet. it out um but yeah i've been getting that i was getting some other stuff and i kind of realized like i just don't enjoy some of these other things this way i would rather get them with the whole story there and read it when i want to so i cut things off like a grumble i was enjoying it but i don't know like it would just like it would stack up for a few months and then i would read the issues um what else was I... I can't remember what else I was getting now. But I pared it down right now to where basically I'm getting Uncanny X-Men. And then I'm following through with... Uh, I was getting a G.I. Joe miniseries. I just got the second issue. I think there's four or five issues total. I'm going to follow through with that and then it'll be done. But then uh, aside from that, like what my thought is, and it's just, like I said, just for me, the individual issues that I get from the LCS, I want them to be that like... Uh, you know, like, with movies, like, you go to the theater just to see the summer blockbuster because it's the fun experience. You know, but other mov- there are plenty of other movies you can wait and watch at home because it doesn't really matter as much if you see them in the theater. So, like, I kind of wanted it that way for comics. Like, I want the comics I get from the shop to be not my favorite comic necessarily, but the ones that when I get them, it's like, oh, man, I want to pound through reading this just because I know it's going to be wild and fun and done, you know? So, yeah, yeah. Uncanny X-Men... Uh, this week, the first issue of War of the Realms came out, which is a Marvel event centered around Thor. Um, so I, I made the decision last week. I was kind of waffling on it, but I said, yeah, you know what? I'll get that. I'll just, just the series. Um, you know, the main story. So it's just six issues. I'm not getting all the, the tie-ins and stuff. Um, but Jason Aaron's Thor run has been, and I haven't read, I've read less than I have read. But I read yeah. the full first series that he did with Thor. Um, and I've read bits here and there otherwise, but he's just, it's just good. I know it's good. So, um, <coughs> I'll begin now and I still got to go pick it up. But, uh, yeah, I'm like, you know, I'll get those kind of things and still don't need to go overboard. But like, I want it when I grab a, a comic from the comic shop to like want to just open it up right away. Even if I open it up right away and read it, I'm like, Oh man, that was a good read. And then I throw it in a box to send to somebody else. Meaning yeah. You. Um, yeah, you know, it's like, that's what I want those comics to be. And that's something that I've kind of, uh, been formulating, I I guess, recently.
0: Um, it's funny. Jason Aaron's Thor is one of the books I recently downloaded the first uh, volume of that. I want to start, uh, of his work on, on, on Thor. Uh, I read a couple of pages and I want to dive into that. The first
1: story in his first Thor run, Thor God of Thunder, it's, uh, yeah. I believe it's like the, the first, it's either the first two or three trades of the story. Um, but it's the, the one that's all about the God killer. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best comics I've ever read. Like really? it is absolutely fantastic. The writing, um, the artwork by, um, Asad Ribic is just absolutely fantastic um, and there are parts in that, that I feel just get like downright poetic. It's just amazing. Really? Yeah. I, I really wish that they, uh, would release, uh, uh, you know, like a hardcover that collected that story, even if not the the whole run, I would totally get that just because like, I really think it's that good. Uh, um, awesome. yeah. So, so anyways, that, that all leads up to, it. and actually the, that run, the, the first Thor run that he does. The last story, which I think is a couple of arcs, centers around um, a character called Malekith. And that is basically what um, the War of the Realms is around, heavily around oh. him. Um, on Comixology right now, they have a sell, but they have a a, tr- a War of the Realms prelude trade that you can get. It's only eight bucks on, on Comixology right now. And it has one issue from back when Walter Simonson was doing it that has Malekith in it. That's actually, I just started reading it. Um, so that, that's, I'm still on that issue, but it has that and then it has material from the run we're talking about right now. And then, you know, stuff in between that point now. Um, so I'm looking forward to reading that to kind of get ready for War of the Realms. Yeah. Jason Aaron's Thor stuff is just great. So definitely check that out.
0: His Thor stuff which I haven't read yet is great according to you and his Conan stuff is great. And I'm looking forward to reading more of that. And, uh, I think we're going to have to wrap it up. I got to get out of here.
1: Awesome. Let's call it a night. It's been a good talk. Good talking yes, to you. Uh, we'll I, be longer next time. If possible, probably, I mean, we aimed for an hour. We're in an hour at least we're getting closer to what we're aiming for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, it's been good talking to you, Sparky. Been good talking about some comics and movies and stuff, and a little less about just uh, personal growth and stuff that we've talked about the last couple of times. Right,
0: right. We kept our promise we weren't going to go deep. <laughs> ah, yeah. All right,
1: well, I woke up for this. Now we will wrap up, and I will go back to bed. It's been good talking to you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Who's Paul. You can find Sparky on Twitter at Sparkman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you can find it. Find us on Twitter. Let us know what you think. I've actually uh, connected with a few people who were listening to the podcast before, and because we made this transition so quickly, a lot of people didn't realize it. Uh, but I got a few people to check out what we did in the first couple episodes and give some feedback. Um, but the feedback, it's it's always nice to hear because uh, it it it's validating. But ultimately, like we're doing this because we want to do it for us the way that we do it. But feedback's nice because it kind of helps us focus on what things we can do a little bit differently that are, um, not so consequential to our purpose for this. So give us feedback. Yeah. And, uh,
0: yeah, I'm working on setting up, uh, a website for us under the, uh, one, four, three podcast, uh, banner. Uh, it's going to be tied to some other shows. Uh, Dave's got one. He's about to get started called people like us. It's not ready to re- be released yet, but uh, we got some stuff in the works. I'm gonna, we'll set up an email, all fun stuff like that. And uh, yeah, lots going on. Awesome. So people listen now are on the ground floor. We'll catch
1: you next time. And we'll see you next time.
0: That wasn't terrible. That was pathetic. Boom.